Welcome to the Own Your Time podcast. Today we have Evan Holiday on the show. Evan is a real estate developer and investor with over 225 million and 1,347 units of multifamily real estate developed and invested. Evan is founder and CEO at Holiday Ventures where their team specializes in creating and investing in workforce, affordable and mixed income communities. Their mission is to create quality housing opportunities and empower residents to realize their full potential. Evan is the host of the iTunes Top 200 Business and Real Estate Podcast, Monumental, where he sits down with top leaders and entrepreneurs making massive change in the world. Welcome to the show, Evan. Yes, thank you for having me on, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, great. So let's just jump right into your story. You're a young guy. You're obviously very successful up to this point. So how did you get to where you are, man? Uh, that is a that is a good question. Um, so... So a little background uh, for your listeners. For me, it really got started. Uh, my journey, I guess you could call it, got started when I was in college. Uh, I, I thought I wanted to go pre-med and I was doing everything to go the pre-med route. I was, I was in the clubs, I was in you know, the, the science and chemistry and math classes. And then I quickly realized, I'm like, man, I do not like science. I do not like chemistry. I'm like, what am I doing? And, uh, and I saw this big development. I went to University of Louisville in Kentucky and I saw this big development going in on campus, student housing, mixed use, $55 million. And I was like, man, that gets me pumped up. Like that gets me excited. And from there, I, I just happened to act, like have a conversation with one of my mentors. And I was like, I was like, man, that's really cool. Like, I'd love to do something like that someday. He's like, really? It's like, I know the owner developer, I'll introduce you. And one thing leads to another and, and the owner developer is like, hey, you know, get me some people out to my groundbreaking and then we'll talk about a job or something. Because I was, I was peppering him. I was like, I want to I learn from you. I want to do any, like, how can I add value? He's like, bring some people out to my groundbreaking. So we ended up bringing a few hundred people out to his groundbreaking. And that kind of really, I was like the first one he hired learned the ins and outs of development, learned all about management. There was retail, there was tax credits. Um, it was just it, like a crash course in housing development and in management. So I knew I didn't want to do management after going through that. And I was like, I want to do what he's doing. Like, I like, I like his job. And, um, and I just loved it. I was, I was just like fell in love with this whole, like you could literally change a neighborhood uh, forever really at least for like the next 50 to 100 years by creating something out of nothing. You know, it was literally just like a parking lot in an old building that used to be there. And now it's this like vibrant, like center of like where everybody went to on campus. I just thought that was amazing. I was like, all right, this is what I'm gonna do. And so from there, myself and four others, uh, we started a modular development company in college. And, uh, and we basically took the same layout as a houseboat and houseboat manufacturing plants based in Kentucky. They laid off like 1,100 skilled workers after the housing market crash in 08. We're like, how can we take the same facilities, the same warehouses, the same workers and put them back to work, but for housing instead of houseboats? We use the same layout and everything. And one thing led to another and, and we're starting to do presentations in front of investors and really trying to scale this up to something multifamily size. And that's when I start talking with the group and they're like, how about you come work with us and let's see what we can do together. And so I ended up working with what is now the largest uh, affordable workforce housing developer in the country. 
And we had the idea of like mixed income housing, sustainable housing in our modular company, but it wasn't, I, I was just getting started in it. And it wasn't until I worked with that company, who, you know, at the time was a, a more of a startup. And by the time I was there, ended up becoming the largest developer, affordable developer in the country. And I just, I cut my teeth there. I learned the ins and outs of development, how to source deals, how to bring in the equity, the debt, the community, the partnership, um, and really just found my passion in providing not just housing, but providing housing for families that have a need for housing and deserve good housing, but don't typically, are, are typically underserved by the housing market. You know, you typically, most new developments are brand new, class A luxury style communities, and none of them are being built toward the working class families that are the backbone of our community. Um, so that really just tipped off my passion for that. And so now uh, I've started my own group called Holiday Ventures. And so that's really what we focus on throughout the Southeast is uh, partnering with our impact investors and going into communities where they see a need for workforce and affordable housing and creating those communities. That's amazing, man. What a story. And I'm actually also a fellow pre-med uh, leaving that major big time. So nice. I, I had the same, same issue um, in college where I realized that may not be for me, but it's really great that you've connected your business with your why. I think that that's probably why you've had so much success so quickly is because you're really passionate about the workforce housing aspect of things. It's not just about, you know, building some empire, and making a bunch of money. It seems to be helping the community. So where did that all start for you? The workforce housing passion, where does that come from? Where do you think you get all that drive from? Um, you know, I've thought about that. I think for me, it really comes down to, I was very fortunate to have great parents and they taught me at a young age to like, you know, love others, treat others with respect and do whatever you can to provide for others um, and help others who are less fortunate than yourself. And so that, that kind of attitude of like, you know, giving was just, you know, instilled in me at a young age, I was very fortunate in that Well, like, my parents were amazing. And I think they helped form that in me. And then, and then once I got into real estate, I was like, yeah, real estate's great. But how can I take that to the next level of saying, how can we create real impact, like lifelong impact, monumental impact for the families, for the communities, for our investors, like we want everybody to feel good after they work with us. That's amazing. So um, let's talk about that monumental. Is that kind of the reasoning behind your podcast name or how did that all come about? <laughs> uh, yeah, good question. So about two and a half years ago, we started monumental. It's funny how it started. I really, uh, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just, you know, I, I met a venture capitalist from New York. He was in Louisville uh, and we crossed paths and I was like, man, this guy's really cool. I want to know why why he picks companies, how he picks companies, like how does he make his decisions and what influences those decisions? And it was just, I'm, I'm always curious and I wanna learn from people who are way smarter than me. I was like, how do I keep talking to this guy? And I was like, you know what, what if I tell him I have a podcast? And so one thing leads to another and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I have a podcast where I interview like great people like you. I'd love to have you on. He's like, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have me on, yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I need to figure out how to put together a podcast. And uh, yeah, Monumental really came from the name and the meaning behind that. I was like, I was like, you know what? I want to, I want to find people that I look up to that are having that, you know, that, that intersection between their why and their business. Like you mentioned, like those are the type of people I'm like, 
I gravitate towards because I, I, I like meaningful impact in everything that I'm doing. Um, not just creating wealth, which is great. That's a byproduct of what we do. Um, but I really, I really enjoy actually making like this ripple effect of transformation in the community. Um, so that, that's really where the name came from. I was like, it's like monumental. Yeah. That, that like encompasses in one word, what I believe in, and, and the type of people that I like to talk to. Yeah. That's amazing. Monumental impact and also thinking monumentally, which is also like a very cool, uh, sub thing there too. It's, it's just great to see, but well, actually let's just pivot and talk about, uh, one of your favorite deals that you've done so far. Sure. Um, man, so many, uh, well, I will say, I will say one of them, uh, is a little bit relevant to what's going on right now because there's this massive pivot in the market. Um, and it's a little bit different kind of pivot, but basically in 2016, when Trump was first elected, uh, we had a deal that I'd been working on for about two years. And these development deals take a while to go through the pre-development process. You have to get entitled, you have to get permits, plans, community support, funding, all that on board. So that took a full two-year process. We were maybe two weeks away from closing. It was a 204-unit deal, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, new construction, workforce, affordable housing. I think it was like a $39 million deal. And we, we were two weeks away from closing. The 2016 election happened. Nobody expected Trump to get elected. And so when he did, the interest rates on our loan spiked up 60 basis points. So that was the difference of like, a, we lost like $2 million in loan proceeds. And <clears throat> on top of that, uh, we can dive into this at, later in the podcast, but basically like we, in affordable deals, we get tax credits, we sell the credits. Our investor who was going to buy the credits basically said, you know, we, we don't know what our tax liability is going to look like now that Trump got elected because he said one of his big platforms was that he didn't, or he wanted to create a, a um, tax reform bill, basically lowering corporate tax rate, which he did end up doing in 2018. But at 2016, nobody knew if that was going to happen or not. So they're like, look, we don't want tax credits anymore. So just like that, we lost 2 million on our loan and we lost our investor. Um, so overnight we just went from like two weeks away from closing to no longer having a deal. And that was like the most painful thing, but we ended up at the end of the day, we found an investor. Uh, we ended up working with capital one. They wanted the deal all along, but they basically said, you have to go HUD. And the reason why I love this deal and why it's an interesting deal and why it's applicable to what's going on right now is like, we ended up getting it closed, but it just took us a whole nother year to get it closed because when you're going through the HUD 221D4 process, it takes about like 10 to 12 months to get these loans closed. Um, but at the end of the day, we got it done. It's been a phenomenal deal so far. We actually did 200, uh, 240 kilowatt solar system on the roof there, which is really cool as well. Um, but yeah, that that's one of those ones where it's like the market pivots all the time. You should always be prepared for the unexpected. Uh, in the sense that like you need to be able to pivot your deals and sometimes your deals actually most of the time your deals are going to take longer to come to fruition than you than you think um, but that's okay at the end of the day as long as you do what you say you're going to do and you get things done dude 10 to 12 months to do a deal that's crazy i mean i come from the multifamily um, already made space and uh 
Yeah, I, I get antsy when it's 90 days. So I can't even imagine that amount of stress. But let's talk about the affordable tax credits for for these housing, um, for affordable housing, the kind of tax credits that you get. Because um, I know that they're huge, but I don't fully understand them. So I'd love if you could elaborate. Yeah, so the way the way our financing works is it's really, it's a program set up by the federal government. Uh, by, by, I can't talk. Basically, back in 1986, uh, federal government said, we need some incentive to create public-private partnerships to create more workforce and affordable housing. And how do we incentivize investors and developers to go along with this? Because really what we're doing, we could not provide at a market price um, because our rents are so much lower than what it actually costs to build. We wouldn't be able to pay off the loan. Um, so they incentivize us and other nonprofits, for-profits, even city like housing authorities by giving us tax credits to help pay for the development. So we, through a state agency, the state agency decides which projects they want to uh, invest in or which ones they want to give the credits to. So we get awarded the credits. We get like 40% of our costs covered with credits. And then we turn around and sell those credits to a bank or an investor uh, who gives us the cash to then go build the actual investment. So that covers about 40% of it. We get a loan for about 50% of it and then we put in our own funds for about 10% of it. Um, so it's a really unique structure. It's kind of like you take the multifamily syndication model and you kind of like flip it upside down. Um, and really it's, it's a unique structure, um, but really we're, we're more or less selling credits and that helps offset um, the kind of the loss on rent that we're giving up because we're, we're renting to families uh, that are roughly at like 60% of the area median income. So those like in Nashville where I live, uh, it's about 30,000 to about 60,000. Those are the families that the income range that we're serving. And so we, we charge roughly 30% of their monthly income as rent. That's the most we can charge for rent. Uh, so because of that, we're charging, you know, for one bed, we're charging about eight to 900 for a brand new unit. In Nashville, that market would probably be you know, 15 to 1800. So there's that, that Delta granted Nashville is a booming city. That's a big, that's a big Delta, but some cities, you know, still could be a few hundred dollars, but uh, they incentivize us to provide those lower rents by giving us the, the 40% tax credits. Wow. That's a whole different strategy. I'm, I'm glad that we had you on the show because the listeners haven't heard anything like that. So that's really cool. Um, but let's move into some of the advice you would give a 20 year old investor or someone who's just starting out either in real estate or just in business in general. I would say figure out what you enjoy, uh, figure out what, sh what part of the deal you enjoy. You don't have to do every single part of the deal. Uh, I know plenty of people that have been really successful at just capital raising I know plenty of people that have been really successful, you know, in, in development and affordable and syndication, you know, there's so many different parts of the deal that you can do. So I would say, find out what you really enjoy, spend time learning each part of the business, find out what you really enjoy, find a mentor in that space, whatever that space is, um, and really just invest in learning it absolutely as much as you can. And then taking that learning that you have either from your mentors or for books or, or online courses or meetups or whatever, and putting that into action. Uh, I think the combination of those two things of like finding out what you like, what you really love, what you're passionate about, finding mentors, and then taking action. Um, 
that's that's the simple way to put it um but yeah i would say and also finding a niche because a lot of times people try to be the jack of all trades and and i've fallen victim to that myself in the past where it's you're you're trying to wear like 10 different hats and you can never do that well i promise you from experience you just you can't do that well uh, pick one hat that you're really really good at that you enjoy and you love and delegate or partner out the rest of the hats that's great advice, man. So this has been an amazing episode, but where can people find you online if they want to get a hold of you? Uh, yeah, so they can reach out to me via uh, my website is Holiday Ventures for investors, uh, holidayventures.com. And then for the website or the uh, for Monumental, it's evanholiday.com. Oh, and then of course, Instagram, I'm, I'm very big on there. Fantastic, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. You've uh, definitely helped the listeners out quite a bit. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me on.